And welcome to another edition of Odyssey House Journal's Trip Mitchell, Randall Carlisle, as always. I'm happy to be here today. And you look very one. spiffy. You usually make fun of me. Well, I'll I'm say gonna... you look spiffy too, and there'll just be a mutual admiration society. Okay? Well, I, you know, when it's a TV day, I do wear long pants, <laughs> and it looks great. He wears pants. Is what <laughs> yeah. Okay, this glass table has really affected things. <laughs> Before we had a glass table, it was easier. Have you ever been on air in shorts and gotten busted? Doing the news? I never, I never have because most of the places I worked, they made us get up and walk around and stand in front of a big screen and stuff. So, uh, I guess back in the old days, I, I anchored with a couple of people who wore shorts as long as you stayed sitting at the set. Yeah, so, and I used to wear shorts, yeah. and it, it's hilarious because you know the big fear is you do have to get up and move around. Well, and in the old days, the lights were just hot as could be. Uh, now they're LED lights, and there's no heat in the studio. So, but the other thing we had in the old days is non-high def. That was our friend, standard definition. That's true. That's true. <laughs> we we worried when when it was when high def was coming in that. You know, you can see every pore in your nose, and you have to make sure no nose hairs are sticking out or whatever. Did you do your own makeup? Yeah, uh, at in Salt Lake I did, but in Minneapolis and Dallas they had makeup people for okay. us. So, well, the reason you're talking is not seeing two older anchors no. talk about their lives. No. <laughs> this show is about recovery and some of the amazing people that we've had a chance to meet. This is we're coming up on show number thirty. Wow. In the recovery community here in Salt Lake, and they are some wonderful people. Yeah, we we'll get to our guest in just a second. Our streak will not be broken. We never run out of good people. That's why <laughs> That's why I brought Sage today. Sage Service. That's me. Isn't that a cool name? She's working, serving others, and her last name is Sage Service. Well, cool. Sage, welcome. Thank and you. we just had a chance to talk for three or four minutes before the show, and you had about nine good ideas. I think you're in the right business. Mm. Yes, I think I am. So tell me about yourself and, and why you love what you do. I, sh I should tell you that she's new at Odyssey House, and she's uh, a, an outreach specialist, hopefully working primarily with youth. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to have her on this podcast, because we've never talked about uh, you know, when is it appropriate to deal with kids about an issue like like uh, addiction or recovery or what you talk about going on in the world. And she's an expert on working with young people so right expert so i didn't mean to take it. it take the wind out of your sails but you take it you take it but the, sage uh, randall brings up a wonderful point you know the old family everything is dealt with in the nuclear family mom and dad are going to take care of things right. when is it okay to say hey we need some help is it different in a single parent a lot of challenges that go on and, right. and you're an expert in that area expert feels a little bit intense but yes I have some experience um, so I would say just answering your questions um, going back to who I am and how I became part of this is that okay and that's then, perfect so I started out working for the Division of Child and Family Services and was connected just through some referrals to this program um, because I believed in this program for recovery for the families that I worked with and through that somehow um, Callie who's the marketing director saw something in me and decided to ask me to join this team and I didn't hesitate I mean the idea of not having 16 caseload and running some of the hard and most difficult experiences of my life working for the Division of Child and Family Services I jumped at this opportunity so here I am um, so my experience just is as 
working in the Division of Child and Family Services, having five children of my own, and then just navigating the system, right? Um, I would say that it's never too early or too late to talk to your kids about suicide, about drug addiction, about exposure, any of those things. I feel like that needs to start early on. And that starts just by explaining to them what's going on, how you're thinking, what you're feeling, don't hold things back, obviously within their developmental, right? But it needs to just be an ongoing conversation. Kids these days, and I say that all the time, are far more sophisticated than they were, I feel like, when I was growing up. So when I was growing up, I was listening to Randall. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I was grown up, but I did listen to him on CKLW. But all joking aside, our media exposure was, there are four TV stations in Detroit, maybe one or two in Windsor. And that was our our internet. That well, was in, in my growing up period. The only thing that was of concern to parents or substance that was used or abused was alcohol, uh, and we were just beginning to hear about marijuana, and certainly never heroin. Uh, and now kids are exposed to that all the time. Well, I mean, I sort of have a biased opinion, but I feel like kids are exposed to it. If it's not in the community or through their friendships, it's in their own homes, right? And so whether or not that's been exposed, you know, we don't always know. But I feel like it's happening and it's all around us. Um, Is the internet a curse? uh, (laughs) We only have 25 minutes. (laughs) I'm going to say no, just because there's so much good to the internet. And I feel like it's part of the progression of us as humans. I mean, it isn't something we could slow down. It isn't something we could change. It is just the next step, right? I mean, I'm sure you could see it in your generations, right? The change. And it's necessary. I feel like the kids these days need to have these access, access to these types of mediums so that they can then do good. But we have to help them to be able to find that, right? To be able to connect to that because the bad is so much easier to be connected to because it comes to them. At least that's from what I've experienced. So you have five children. I do. Well, they're, I have two grown adult children. Yeah, and then three is still at home. So you look so young. Yes, How, you, is you, that possible? I'm not that young. <laughs> well, and if you want to feel young, do a show with Randall and I. Yeah. <laughs> you, you will come across. So in, in your experience, when kids all of a sudden are, are finding these things on the web or through their friends... What I've noticed with this show is that it's easier to find drugs than you could ever imagine. Oh, my greatest education actually was through adolescents that I worked with through the, through the state. I could walk down Salt Lake by myself prior and not see the things that they could tell me about. They see it because they've been exposed to it. So yes, absolutely, it's all around them. Um, I don't even know, like I don't even, it's sad actually how easy it is for kids to access so so what are the signs well first of all you said it's never too it's never too early to start like wait what do you mean three years old five years old what are you doing i i say i mean there's plenty of literature you can access you just spend some time with google and you can find books about all types of topics and you just start reading them to your kids because i feel like the silence is actually where things get more complicated Right? Because our children are going to shame themselves if they believe that their parents won't accept them for the choices that they've made or the thoughts they've had or the things they've been exposed to. I've had great success in being able to tell my kids, look, 
here's a reality. You're going to be exposed to pornography. It's there. It's going to happen. You're not even going to be seeking it. The best solution for that is just to come talk to me about it. Even if there was parts of it that you liked. Come talk to me. And we've had good success in being able to discuss about it. Have so, your kids ever done that? Say, Mom, I saw blah, blah, blah and talk to you about not it? Not only my kids, but I also teach a church group of kids and they brought it up. They didn't even want to talk about the subject that we were there to talk about. Some, some Bible study topic, they asked if we could discuss something else. And before I know it, they're talking about pornography. How old were these kids? Uh, probably 10 and 11. Wow. And the things they knew was really mind-blowing to me. And a lot of parents probably don't know that the kids know what you were just talking about. Which, and that's the other piece that I feel like is really critical, is that if children are disclosing things to you, at least my experience, is that during the dialogue, I'm letting them know the importance of being able to talk with their parents about this too, because I can't hold their secret. Because secrets actually will make you sick. So I'm not going to hold your secret. So let's discuss how we're going to expose this to your mom and dad. Um, and generally, the kids were open to it, at least that. Our generation had this Sears catalog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. All right. We snuck into a drugstore and would pull out the centerfold of Playboy and then put it back down. But exactly. There's always that natural curiosity. I, I would presume the worst reaction from a parent if a child comes up to talk to you about that and you go, right. oh, no, or right. something. Right. Right? Well, yeah. I mean, if you did that to me, I wouldn't want to talk to you anymore. Right. Well, that's true. Oh, no, Sage. No, thanks. Don't. I'm not going there anymore, right? Because yeah. honestly, I don't want to cause you that distress. Sure. And at the same sure. time, parents right? want, uh, kids want to get along. Totally. I mean, they do at the core, right? I mean, even working in the adolescent program for the last week, I see it over and over again. The kids want connections, which is honestly what drives them to do the things they do. So it's, it's all based in connection. So it's interesting. In Salt Lake, the perception is that because of a large percentage of our population doesn't drink, mm -hmm. that naturally those kids would not be predisposed to do drugs, and nothing could be further from the truth. <laughs> exactly. I feel like denial is a beautiful place to live. <laughs> Where is that? <laughs> you got, you got to get out of it. Yeah. yeah. So sure. talk a little bit about that. How um, you know the predominant culture is not. In some, if you grow up Irish in South Boston, mm -hmm. you know you're used to your parents drinking all the time. That right. actually right. anywhere in the United States, right? Used used to your parents drinking. The right. Irish people watching this podcast are going to be coming after you. Well, I, I've got Irish on my. That was the fun side of my family. <laughs> um, so speaking to that, I just want to start by saying that it, it starts actually when they're really little, and um, we're not as parents guiding our children to believe that people who drink and smoke are bad because then that pits the kids in a place where there's shame and guilt if and when they ever are in that position which then creates more barriers and so first off like that is my biggest standpoint right now is that we've got to shift that culture yeah that might not be your value so teach your children that that's not your value and then teach them and guide them to still love and to still be looking at that person as a human because if we pit people against each other and create i'm better than you because i don't do that then that creates a whole society issue that i think we're trying to redirect at this point so i just wanted to be able to say that 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 goes right back to young kids right we're starting really little being mindful about how we're teaching them have your values i feel like stick to your values right that's actually what guides you and helps support you but recognize your values are very different than anyone else or a lot of other people, 
even if you're within the same religious group or belief system. So just clarifying that. But moving forward, I feel like dialogue and allowing kids to lead it. As an adult, to be able to be sophisticated enough to sit in a space where you're gonna hear stuff you don't wanna hear and allow the dialogue to happen. If you do that, you're gonna be blown away by the depth of information you get from kids. Young, five, six, seven. They can lead dialogue, they're capable. I know, it's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> I, I had a situation once that sort of speaks to what you ask about. It was years ago, I used to do a program on Channel 2 called Wednesday's Child. Um, and it was, it was a very positive getting, um, getting children with special needs, find, trying to find them uh, adopted parents. Mm -hmm. And, and that brought out a warm, fuzzy feeling with people who saw those pieces. And I remember, this was back in my drinking days, uh, I was sitting in a restaurant, I think with a beer because it was identifiable, it was an alcoholic beverage. And I had a person come up to me and say, I've been watching you on TV and I thought you were a nice person. Looked down at the beer and said, I've changed my mind. And it was like, and those are the kinds of things that you were talking about that separate people and my response to him was, I said, is this beer on the table mean that I'm not a nice person or a caring person? And he just looked at me and said, I don't know, and walked away. I mean, it's, it, but those are the kinds of things that people face in, in a community where there is a predominant culture mm -hmm. that either believes or something is wrong or right. Right, you know? right. Which leads me to tell you that because of that, there may be and I'm not going to speak for a whole population, but there may be some barriers for people seeking help. So if you have a child that is struggling, that is showing some changes in behavior, um, I think there's just a, might be an automatic response to let's pray more, right? The, the standard concepts, right? Right. Um, but the reality is we need to reach into the community at that point. And what we were talking about earlier is that there are resources that if you are noticing, you can very discreetly reach out to these resources. Within, within the LDS church, mm -hmm. are there a lot of resources that are available for families that have kids going or having challenges? Um, well, I think that there's like one, one avenue, right? And that's their LDS family services. So they're trained certified so, therapists okay so they have some, some people support. in that regard yeah, yeah and there's some financial support there as well through their church to be able to pay for that if they need it but there still is such a strong stigma about going to your you know your bishop or to your leader and to be able to address that with them especially if you need some financial support because I feel like there's this belief that your children's struggles are a negative reflection on you that you didn't do good as a parent and nothing could be further from the truth. Oh my. I suck as a parent if we're going to head down that road, right? <laughs> like, my kids are all still alive, but there's been a lot of challenges. And we're, I mean, we're currently still battling some challenges. But the way I see it is that this is my boy's journey. And my role is to be steady and steadfast in my beliefs and my values and just say to him, I'm here for you. Whenever you're ready, I'm here for you. You know? So I don't know. We're visiting with Sage from Odyssey House. That's Randall Carlisle. I'm Trip Mitchell. And this show is about recovery and, again, all the wonderful people here in Salt Lake. 
and throughout the state of Utah who are there to help. So we're going to put the number at the bottom of the screen for Odyssey House, and then Randall's going to use his radio voice for those who are not watching on TV or listening on any Spotify of the Spotify or iTunes. Yeah, I mean, this is a big time show. I'm glad you asked me that, trip. The number is 801-322-3222. Now back to you. Can we do it one more time? 801-322-3222. So if you call that number, it's Odyssey House, and in no way, shape, or form are we trying to get you to look at Odyssey House as the only resource, but they have some wonderful people. We sure. work there, and we met Sage today, and, and we're going to continue to get a chance to talk to her, and everyone I've met from Odyssey House. You know, Randall had the cushiest job in the world, was a newsman. Could have You could have gone on for the next 60 to 70 years. Well, until the that. wrinkles in my neck got worse. Yes, I could have. <laughs> but chose to... <clears throat> go into right. working for Odyssey House, and that... Well, it helps that I'm a recovering alcoholic, and I wanted to be able to be able to maybe set an example and, and get rid of the stigma. I mean, like you're talking about, you know, if your kids have a problem, it doesn't mean you're a bad mom, mm-hmm. and, and if, if, if I have a problem with alcohol, hey, I was, I was a TV anchor man for years. Uh, there are everybody i mean addiction affects every layer of society every socioeconomic bracket and and that's sort of why i wanted to do that say hey <laughs> happened to me it can happen to anybody uh and and i hope more people get help because of that but it's interesting the story you just told about the gentleman seeing a beer in front of you and immediately assuming that you were a bad guy yeah and which is an assumption i think the city of Salt Lake and Utah in general has changed. Oh, very much so. This was when years I, ago, back in the 80s. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. When I lived here in the 80s, it was a very, very kind of us versus them. Well, and when what that does, if you put yourself in my place, it's like, and I knew what religion he was coming from, and so it's, I don't like your religion, and you don't like me, mm-hmm. and, and which is so counterproductive mm-hmm. for getting anything done. It really is, and, and things have changed so much. So, Sage, in your experience... I, working for the state of Utah, mm-hmm. Utah has a big heart. Oh, yeah. We there are a lot of resources mm-hmm. and a lot of time and effort going to help families and help people. Right, and that's a good story. Right, and we hear a lot about maybe Utah not spending enough on education. But mm-hmm. how would you say that that the state is doing in terms of helping people? Um, I think that there are a lot of programs that are available, um, but I feel like they're um, very helpful but it has to be how to connect people to those resources and then how to pay for that. Um, there, there, are, there are barriers to paying for the services. Unfortunately, a lot of services are for pay, right? Um, some are free, um, but you have to be working with an agency in order to access some of those services. And so, yes, I'm with you. I'm totally with you. I feel like there is a, a definite push and a pull back and forth for family and supporting family. But there's also on the other side a different narrative that it's access to those pieces. And it's still difficult. Oh my gosh, it's so difficult. If you have private insurance and you have a high deductible and no mental health coverage, where do you go? What do you do? We were talking about that in the car. Wait, mm-hmm. Answer that then. Where do you go or what do you do? If you right. notice, if you want to get some help for your kids, mm-hmm. what do you do? Well, I'm not an expert in that, but I'll just give some resources that 411 is a wonderful resource. You can call 411 and just ask for mental health support. 
um, for people who and 411 are 411 is the non-emergency right right so literally just dial 411 just 411 and it'll take you right to an operator so if I dial 6 that won't help no it won't I don't know where you'll go so you might okay. want to be cautious <laughs> okay yeah a but porn site that yeah. might be you might want to let me know on that so I can be sure to tell people <laughs> okay but yeah you just call up and say I need mental health services and I'm underfunded or I have a high deductible are there any programs or is there a therapist but we're also still remember um, battling the stigma of even reaching out for support. So I don't know. I mean, navigating that, you just have to be courageous and recognize that your child's going to need, your child may need help. And school counselors probably are a great. That resource. was my next step, right? Is talk to your school counselors. Just make a call. Valley Behavioral Health is another wonderful resource. They do some sliding scale fees. Um, and there are a lot of other excellent therapists in the Valley. So Google is always my answer to everything. Spend some time with Google, and Google will give you the answer to everything. Um, so that's my thoughts. But yeah. The, uh, we, we have a therapist who, we have an agreement with the Salt Lake City School District, and we have a, a therapist working in a high school and a grade school. Uh, and, I, and I talked to her at the end of the We only did it for the second half of the school year last, well, this year, but last school year. And... And she said, and I found this interesting, and you may have an observation on this, because I figured she worked at a high school that typically has a high LGBTQ population where you presume there's uh, some emotional issues that need to be dealt with. And then the grade school that she was working in uh, is lower avenues. And, And she said that at the grade school, she had kids lining up who wanted to talk to her, mm-hmm. whereas she had a harder time getting the high school students to come in to talk to her. Why would and 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 she and the kids loved her at this grade school. Why why would there be that many kids who want to talk to someone other than their parents? Right. And I couldn't answer for everyone, but I would think that she has done an excellent job of establishing connection. She's she's presented herself as someone who's safe, and honestly, it might be the culture of the school. Um, I don't know what the culture is, but if the culture of the school is unity and very focused on collaboration, then these kids are automatically going to see her as an ally. Um, Some schools are not set up that way, right? The administrative staff is very separated from the school, from the actual students. So I don't know. I'm really excited to get to know that program a little more and to be able to see that myself. But as far as the high school kids, it makes sense. They probably are leery of connection, aren't super sure if they can trust her and it's going to take a little bit longer to warm up that's just how teenagers are but it does show that there's a need for somebody like that in a in a grade school setting oh no question and schools have counselors certified licensed counselors but a lot of districts share them among many schools so you'll have one counselor for four schools right so they don't get the connection that they get a 15-minute visit, or they get a social group, or right? Very limited interaction. But those counselors are really, depending on their personalities, really a powerful tool in the school to create that unity. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's layered. But I am excited about what Odyssey is trying to do. They're very passionate, and that's part of the reason they hired me. So I've been to the campus, and we met a young lady a couple shows ago who was just amazing. Wow. And just graduated from her high school, got back in high school, just graduated, and is starting. Somebody who got out of the adolescent program. Nice. And did very impressive. Oh, nice. my gosh. I mean, yeah. uh, 
you know, this is a woman that will be super successful whatever she does. You could feel it palatable. Yeah. 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 Palatable. That's the word. I mean, she had a presence about Let her. Let me head. look that up. That's okay. too long for me to Google. Out. Google. Yes. Yeah. So it is really interesting to look at the challenges of addiction, and then you mix those into adolescence. Mm -hmm. That's a time bomb. Yeah, to spend some time in the adolescent program or any adolescent <laughs> program across the state. Yeah, you'll see it. It is a dime bomb. Yeah. And it's because you're dealing with so many layers, right? They're, they're hardwired for connection, um, for social interaction, and to have the independence. So those are all sort of managed for them in drug treatment. Wow. They, they don't have the freedom to just decide you're gonna be my friend and we're gonna bond and connect the way we're used to connecting, they, they put a stop to that right away. So I would say that programs related to treatment for adolescents have to be very strict and have to be very guided in order to help the children to pull back from those old skills and be able to learn new, more effective skills. I don't know, it's powerful, but it's really hard to watch. I mean, it's like watching a little rabid dog, honestly because they're losing their minds. Like, they're going crazy, because honestly, most of these kids have probably spent the majority of their days laying there watching their phones, playing video games, disconnecting, and now we're forcing them to have to connect in these social ways, but not in the ways they're used to. So, I don't know. I'm probably not really selling teen programs, but no, she, they were She spent several days at our adolescent yes. program. And, yes. But it, 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 the good news is, is there are great people out there oh. ready to help. So many, so many. And the people that I've met through Odyssey House, and then we've met some other just wonderful professionals with the state, with the mm -hmm. county, and, and people are out there trying. And so if you have someone in your family, if you have a child, a neighbor, anything, there are so many people out there to help. That mm -hmm. is the good news. Mm -hmm. And think about, I mean, I, I, we're so happy to have somebody like Sage on staff at Odyssey. Um, and, and, and was she a free agent signing? Did she, she was did your free agent, agent signing. Call? We yeah. took her from DCFS in, in, from the state. <laughs> I've heard we coaching we a had a bidding bit. war. No, uh, <laughs> but and, and and what's really cool is that there are people, you know, hugely intelligent people who really care, mm -hmm. who work at DCFS, work in Odyssey, work in mm -hmm. treatment programs all over, and they care, mm -hmm. and they you know they want to they want to do their very best. It's it's it's. And the work is what? It's rewarding to see some success. You see some failure, and that's life. Right, right. And I don't know if you mention it, and I don't know if it's appropriate, but if you called Odyssey House and you asked some questions and it didn't feel right, I am pretty confident that if you say, do you have any other resources, I'm sure that they will Google right with you because that's how passionate the people in this program are. Yes. We don't want you to have to feel tied to this program. No, and, and the we reason we give the number the out is it's something we know that you're right. going to have a great response. Right. right. When you it's call an instant Odyssey. call, right? And, it's an instant yeah. and, and it, it could be Odyssey, it could be Valley, it could be mm -hmm. it could be any any kind of program. The issue is, as she points out, if, if you think somebody needs help, reach out. That's all. Sage, yeah. thank you so much for thank coming you. on the show. You're thank a delight. You. And thank we're going to talk about doing some other cool things here, maybe. I would love that. That sounds Thanks fun. For listening. Randall?
I think there's a number that you want to give out. 801-322-3222. So those of you watching on TV, that is the number, ironically, the same number that Randall just gave. So give the folks at Aussie House a call. They're, again, we say this every show, but there are so many wonderful people who are dedicating their lives to help people. It's true. Makes you feel good. Sage, thank you so thank much. Thank you. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for watching.